Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fez Buddy and Killing Bird. Hey everybody, welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Killing Bird here, as always, with Ron Fez Buddy, and we are fresh back from Atlantic City. Have you recovered yet? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have. It's been it's been uh, it's been what four days? So yeah, no excuse like not to. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. I mean, we were out a lot. I mean, I, I don't know. We were, it was like three or four straight days up until four in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, but it was definitely some long nights. Long nights, and we had some early mornings, but it was uh, it was well worth it. a lot of a lot of fun. And um, for those who weren't um, around, who didn't listen to the last podcast, they didn't know. A bunch of TPE members and pros uh, went down to the Atlantic City for the WSOPC at Caesars. Um, I don't know. We had like five or six TPE mem- uh, pros, probably six or eight TPE members, and so we were just out there in force on the rail, um, at the bars, having dinner, and just causing some trouble in some cases. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I encourage anyone who's ever going to be close to an event that we're going to be at, um, definitely try to come out, try to make plans to come out because it was a lot of fun. And it's nice when you have a lot that many people with you that you know could cheer you on and talk hands with, and there's always like something to do. It's just tons of fun. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, next... I think the next big opportunity will be the World Series this summer in Vegas. So obviously, if anybody's coming out, hit us up. We'll make sure we get together and and get some hang time in. Yeah, I'm, def- I'm planning, and I haven't confirmed my dates yet, but I'm planning on coming out for the first couple events, and then the main event. What about you? What's your plan? Um, it looks like I'll be there pretty much the whole time. Um, last year, I flew home for my birthday, and we're kind of up in the air about what I'm doing for my birthday this year. I'll probably end up flying home for like a week or a week and a half mm-hmm. in the middle in the middle of the summer. Um, now though, like when are you starting your to, trip? I leave North Carolina on May 25th. May 25th. So, okay. Yeah, and and I'm driving out this year, so there'll be two and a half days of drive time before I oh, actually wow. arrive in Vegas. Oh, so, so I don't think I'm gonna. I think I'm coming out for the 25th because the. The first event I'm going to play at WSOP is on the 28th. It's a three-day 1500, but the mm-hmm. Venetian has like three solid tourneys that weekend. Yeah, yeah. You should try to come yeah, out earlier thought... and like leave a little earlier for your return home. Yeah, I guess I could maybe do something like that. Those are really I... high-value tournaments. Like they're three, they're four hundred and six hundred dollar tournaments, so they're right in your wheelhouse. You know. Right. Yeah, I thing is uh, there'll be plenty of those, but obviously it would be you know great to see you and hang out with you and stuff. So maybe I'll try to mix well, it up. Well, it's good because it's the beginning, right? So there'll be like a lot of people there, and we could try to you know organize something around that with TP. Folk. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what happens. No, nothing completely set in stone yet, um, other than the dates that we have the house rented for. But you know, in terms of my, I'm because I'm driving. I don't need to book anything. So yeah, <laughs> I, I can get in my car and go whenever I'm good and ready. That's, oh, so you're driving home for if when, when you go back. Or you well, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll fly back. So I'll, I'll drive out there and just leave my car there while I fly back for my birthday. Cool, cool. All right, yeah, so, well, so welcome to the Derek and Diego Travel Plan Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> just in case you were wondering how to st- set up your travel plan. So how many plan. miles do you have, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not enough. 
Because I can't get a free flight to save my life. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> good, times, good times. So yeah, so I, I know we're going to get into, you know, we're going to bring Cougars and uh, Danny N13 out of the show here in a little bit um, to talk a little bit about how their trip went and talk a little strategy. Um, but overall, how was, uh, how was poker for you up there? It was awesome. I, I shipped attorney. I shipped a nightly. Not a ring yeah. event. Um, so it's not like I won a lot of money, but uh, a nice little little confidence booster going into the summer. You know, I know it's not summer yet, but I'm probably not going to play much live until that series we just talked about. So it's nice to have a little confidence boost going into that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, really soft tournament. I mean, I, I would say that it played comparable to a two dollar on merge. I mean, it was it was really soft. Really, I mean, it might even be worse than that. It was like like you can't like it, people always want to try to compare live to. Online, right, and say, well, that's a ten dollars tournament online, or that's worth a, you know, fifty right. online. It, it's really hard because people like they play so differently at the bubble, especially. Yeah, like, it's just so so different, so bad um, that I would say for the most part of the tournament it was like a five dollars tournament, but at the bubble it was like a free roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was just like so yeah. bad. So one one guy straight up anted out. Yeah. I actually sat next to that guy the next day in the 500. Oh, really? He emptied out. He actually emptied out. It's like, how do you do that? Like, I ha- I just have enough for the small blind, so here it is, and I'm out. Like, it's so weird. Like, he won the hand too, and he won like a big blind. Oh. <laughs> so fun. The dealer was probably having trouble figuring out how much to give him in chips. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like three side pots in that one. It was yeah. Hell. Right. Yeah, but that was good. Um, just a blast hanging out with everyone, seeing seeing all the TPE folk, um, the members, uh, drinks, food. Yep, can't wait to do it again. Yeah, hopefully. So yeah, yeah, it was kind of a mediocre series for me. I, I had a couple interesting hands, which we'll, we're going to talk about one of them in our strategy section. But for the most part, my my like my play, like or all the hands that I played were just very straightforward. Yeah. Like. You know, like you'd win a pot here, you win yeah. a pot there, like just raise C-bet or, or smash a flop and get a little value. Right, right. Well, look, I, uh, I mean, this is what? This is, we, we played, I played four tournaments. How many did you play this trip? Uh, three. All right, played, you played three, I played four. Um, you know, I played, I've had like 10 live tourneys since like Black Friday, which I know isn't a ton, but, you know, between two or three trips, I've played like, you know, and they're all decent sized buy-ins, three to five to a thousand. And every tournament was what you just described, except for the yeah. one I just shipped, right? So right, like, right. And then like, so coming in, I was like, oh, for nine, right? And I was just like yeah. feeling awful, right? Like, like bored every tournament, right? right? And then just, you know, one tournament, it's like, oh, okay, everything is fine now. Yeah, so I, rem- I do remember how to play. Yeah, that's the problem with live. It's you know, it's 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 a half a Sunday. You know, not even. Yeah, yeah. yeah every, everything slowed down to a snail's pace. Yeah. So, but yeah. but yeah, we'll get into some of the details and and stuff like that once uh, once we bring Cougars and and Danny in. Yep. So, cool. Well, um, on that note, I guess let's uh, let's not waste any time. We'll get those guys in here. So we'll just take a quick break and then we'll come back with. Danny M13 and Cougars 4444 here on the TPE podcast. Your plants. Hey, MT Tears. This is Casey Big Dog Pocket Fives Jarzebeck from TournamentPokerEdge.com. If you've been looking for a training site dedicated exclusively to tournament poker, then look no further. 
Tournament Poker Edge is only $23.95 per month, with no initial sign-up fee, and we post a new training video every weekday. You will also find poker-related articles, blogs, and very active strategy forums. We even offer you the ability to upload your own video for others to discuss. So head on over to TournamentPokerEdge.com to find out why it's quickly becoming the destination for tournament poker players looking to take their game to the next level. TournamentPokerEdge.com Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Time to bring in Danny N13 and Cougars4444. Welcome to the show, guys. How's it going? Going well. Have you uh, have you recovered from Atlantic City yet? Yeah, it oh, took yeah. me like three days to get out of my system, but uh, back on track, eating somewhat healthy and drinking <laughs> some water. <laughs> you mean you don't roll up to the counter and ask for 22 Jack and Cokes in your normal everyday life? No, just 22 waters. <laughs> 22 waters. <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting there watching. Who were we watching play at that point? It was uh, Hunsucker, maybe. John, yeah, Hunsucker and and Derek play, and yeah, yeah. they just asked what we like to drink, and Danny was adamant about getting twenty two Jack and Cokes. But you know what? I I admire you because she brought back six, and who normally would have six Jack and Cokes brought to them in any <laughs> in any reasonable legal world? They were triples. They were triples. So it was like eighteen. <laughs> Uh, that waitress was the best. She was the I best for like forty bucks, and we had bottomless Jack for a couple nights anyway. Yeah, <laughs> she's legit. So uh, I guess let's uh, let's recap a little bit. We we actually recorded a a, a version of our TPE live podcast where we recapped a little bit of the action, and we promised we were going to come back and and uh, and recap the second day, which we actually did attempt to do. Unfortunately, when you're recording a podcast, you have to talk kind of loud, and we were probably talking even louder than we had to, yeah. and uh, and we got a little noise complaint, and security came to our door and shut us down. So we do apologize for not putting out that follow-up episode. So we'll try to we'll try to wrap things up here, but we but we wanted to also talk some hands, so we thought we would just throw the recap and the strategy all into one show, yeah. and uh, and that way you guys get the, get the full picture. So that's the plan for today. So. Um, I know, uh, Cougars, one thing we wanted to talk about was the fact that you and Casey ended up at the same table uh, in the – it was the 500 tournament, right? Yeah, 500. Yeah, and we were wondering if there were going to be any fireworks. I know Casey built up a pretty good stack in that. Did you guys ever clash? Um, there was only one hand, and I raised under the gun. A kid that was more aggressive than Casey, I think, three bet under the gun plus one. Casey decided to four bet under the gun plus two, so I just shoved. What'd you have? <laughs> two kings. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was and like Casey... I made it five hundred. He made it a thousand twenty-five. Casey made it two thousand fifty, and I shoved for like uh, I want to say it was eight k. Did they both fold? Yeah. yeah Casey both had, had sh- Casey had yeah. the king deuce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I might the other guy. take it back again just to see if Casey will spaz. Yeah, I want, to make it, I want to make it look like Ace King, so I might get a call yeah. like five, six, or seven eights. How deep were you? He's getting a pretty good price at that point. How deep were you? Uh, I had forty bigs to start the hand. Forty bigs. Oh, okay, forty bigs. So, so yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I didn't really have the image where if I clicked it back, I don't really know what that would have set up, but right. I think Casey right. would have kind of seen through it, so I wanted to make it look like I could have Ace King there. Yeah, the majority of the time for sure. And you know he would have snapped you off with fives. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he had without even thinking about it. <clears throat> and it kind of put me in an awkward position because the kid in between us was really aggressive as well, and those two just kept battling. So I kind of did so. Well, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> tough to. I mean, I, I tried to <laughs> get those two on your left. It makes your life a little difficult. Yeah, it's a pain. Yeah, you have to have cases. Sit there and wait for aces, man. You'll get them. I didn't get them <laughs> the entire weekend. Thanks. <laughs> he did get kings though. Kings, yeah. yeah. It's funny. Any uh, any other interesting hands from that uh, table with Casey? Um, Casey kept winning pots with ten three offsuit and five nine <laughs> offsuit and making trips and you know. How he rolled. So that's that's how he got all those chips. Nah, he had complete control. He knew where he was in every hand. He was yeah. playing those hands just because he could. Yeah, right. That nah, makes sense. And how was the trip overall for you, Danny? It was a great trip. Uh, poker was pretty frustrating. The first 350 we played, uh, me and Casey both had a hundred dollar last longer, and we ended up busting two of us. There was ten people left before the day was over, and we were in the money, and Two of us end up busting, so that was pretty annoying. Yeah. yeah. So like, I lose a hundred bucks, and then I I don't cash, and then you know. Yeah. Was was uh, was Tim part of that last longer? No, he wasn't. No. Yeah, that was Tim, the one he cashed though. Yeah, Tim made a deep run in that that event. What did he finish like thirtieth or twentieth? Yeah. Yeah. At eight hundred, so he was there for deep into day two. Yep. Yep. And I don't think that many other no one well, else Casey, made day two. Casey lost the uh, like the Chipley or final table stack. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, he lost. It was actually an interesting hand. I don't remember all the details, but he he lost a pot that would have made him have enough chips for the final table at the end of day one, where he would have come back with 125 people. He had like three x average. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a massive amount. He got it in with a pair and a flush draw. Top pair and a flush draw. Top top pair and a flush draw against three other people and uh, against top two king eight. Yeah, a, right, there you go. Right, right. King eight, eight x two hearts or something. Yeah. The king six of hearts. And the ace high flush draw. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 That was, right. that was so that's what he didn't want to see. Yeah. But I know that, that the nut flush draw chick was really short, so oh, okay. You know, even if yeah, he yeah, he would have even if he had banged a flush, he would have still you know, raked a bunch right. of chips. It just right. sucks when she has your outs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah, he would have definitely exactly. profited on the hand if he had hit his flush. Yeah. We also, um, oh yeah, let let uh, Diego brag because we know where he's all he's waiting on it. Who <laughs> <laughs> me? Never. <laughs> what? Fine, final table. Brags, I mean, a final subtle table. Brags, subtle brags <laughs> by you all over the internet about. Oh yes, that tournament takes till three to four in the morning. Not that I've won it or anything. <laughs> so I uh, yeah I mean it's it's just a nightly so it's not like I final table the uh, just a nightly it's just a nightly but. I know what you were saying that night. <laughs> well, look, 135 people for 200 is actually pretty cool, pretty pretty good for a nightly. So, um, so yeah, it was that was cool. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was the, the, like the structure was so shallow. Mm-hmm. Was that um, your biggest live score to date? No, I cashed in the NAPT Mohegan Sun a couple years ago, what but just cashed. Um, such a live pro. Such a live pro. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, that's but that's besides that. But hey, you know, props to. Our member Dantastic, who I actually chopped three way with at that ter- at that table, um, yeah. So that was cool to to chop with a TPE member. Um, After he was pretty much out, he, he was, was pretty, pretty much done yeah. and out. Final two tables, hey. He was, and then he came back, and yep. then and then he um, aces the jacks for yep. keeps. And then I had a ton of chips 
at one uh, final table. I, I know I know at the final three tables, moving to before we got to the final table, I had like three X anyone else uh, for most mm-hmm. of the final three. You know, yeah, final you three tables. I had so many chips um, there, and then on the bubble, you know, it was like on the on the stone cold bubble. I mean, I I completely wrecked the pre bubble bubble, right? Like mm-hmm. just you know the final you know five players on down, but the final the, the actual bubble was brutal for me. I lost every showdown. I lost like I don't know if there were like nine showdowns. I lost like seven of them. I just couldn't. It just kept getting called by 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 hands that people actually woke up. But I still had enough chips. I built up enough chips to to get there um, to, to survive. And then at the final table, I actually you know was one of the bigger stacks, but not the biggest stack. And then Danny was to my right, and you know, Dantastic was to my right, and they were like, we were like five-handed, and he shoved threes into my ace. Uh, yeah, what did he shove? He shoved ace threes king, into my yeah. yeah, he shoved threes into Button my ace king. Small blind. Yeah, yeah, button and small blind, and and that was for like, I guess like four fifths of all the chips, and that oh, it was for the me. win. Yeah, yeah, but then uh, then I, I I was able to come back and um, and then the big dogs. Save me, right? I got fives on the, on the button, and I jammed them into nines, and, and then you manipulated the chop to your your benefit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did make out best in the chop, but I took the win, so I, I took the extra money for the taxes. Yeah, of which course, going to have to pay. So, right. yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know I think you have some hands from that tournament that we're going to go over in our formal strategy session, which we'll get to here in a bit. Yeah, we still huh. do strategy but here. Oh yeah, oh. a little bit here and there. All right, yeah. but it, it was definitely fun. Like, it was it was a fun rail for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I had we had Hunsucker behind me singing "This Is the Diego Show." <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was like literally like I don't know how it would have been to be one of the non TPE people at the final table because you guys are so freaking annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys were behind me dancing and singing. Oh, it was awesome. It was actually pretty awesome. I, you know, that's why it's fun to go do this with TPE and just with a group because if someone gets deep in a tournament, then you got everyone is just rallies behind them, right? And it was just fun to have. It was like eight. People. I can't believe they let us so close, like, yeah. like hovering over your shoulder, kind of close. Yeah. Like yeah. nope, Sanos will let you like for a final table or whatever. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm well, sure I mean, it was the two hundred dollar nightly. I mean, what right? Yeah, I know, but you know, I'm sure for the WS the like the the right. ring. Of, they would have uh, not let you. Right. And there were enough of us, we could have positioned ourselves over each player's shoulder <laughs> literally read their hands if we really wanted well, to. Well, we got to talk about some of the players at that final table, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The ESPN guy? Yeah, I mean, that's who comes to mind immediately. So there was <laughs> one guy. <laughs> that was, there was one guy who, you know, he was wearing the reflective sunglasses and, you know, a baseball cap and an ESPN windbreaker. I'm hoping and, he's a member now. <laughs> Doubt it. I don't know if he could find. I don't know. <laughs> find it. He every time a tough decision was to him, which when I mean tough decision, I mean like easy call or easy shove for anyone who, who knows anything about. <laughs> um, he would agonize, take off his hat and his sunglasses, start squeezing out his head, and yep. start cursing like, "Fuck! I don't know." <laughs> oh, <he's> just... <laughs> Like the instances where he had two big blinds behind him was in the big blind and you shoved and he had ace nine. Yeah. Oh, he took, that's a face up snap fold, I mean. He took at least three minutes mm-hmm. to fold his ace nine. He had ace eight. And ace I eight, yeah. I had been at this point what, shoving or opening 
85 percent of hands you guys were yeah, there. yeah i mean like at least right i mean it was it was the easiest bubble i've ever been at so it was just like the pre stone cold bubble i was just chipping up like crazy because yeah. of it i was just opening everything and then i could fold to anything that was uh that was you know stack wise i i could i could find a fold to but at huh. this point it you was, ripped that one hey what's with what you ripped that half from the cutoff did you not the, the yeah. yeah, 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 but that's because everyone at that point had less than. Like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was there was no. I was jumping like you know, super super wide range there, especially yeah. if a guy's gonna fold two big blinds behind, you know. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I shoved eight, eight seven off. I mean, and I was like, fine, this is this is good. Everyone has seven big blinds. They're all afraid to bubble. Boom, put it all in, and then he just takes the hat off and starts groaning, and and he's like, this is a big laydown, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big lay down, man. And then he, you know, he he does his fancy fold, right? Because I guess he has a lot of practice folding. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I'm just gonna tell myself it was a good lay down. I had ace eight, man. Would you have?" <laughs> I'm like, no, he, showed the ace eight. he showed the whole table. Ace eight. That's right. Folding. And he's like, folding this to you. It's respect. <laughs> You should have said, "Wow, I can't believe you folded." I had Ace King. Yeah. Oh, I would always pepper some of those out there, just like make yeah. good about their play. But you know what did suck? I only I had Dan wasn't at my table at the time. I had the only competent player to my left um, at that pre bubble. Oh, um, it sucks is when people take three minutes to make those decisions with twenty minute levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but that that was uh, well, that was pretty bad. Wasn't he the same guy who when you sh- or when when Dantastic shoved threes and you? Called with Ace King, he folded nines, right? Yeah, yeah. With like two, with like two or three yeah, big, two blinds. big blinds. So it was yep. b- button shoves, small blind, reshoves. He's and- obviously an ICM expert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he had nines, but the thing is, I mean, Dan and I were both taking turns shoving, so it's you know, I mean, you got to be scared of me, obviously. Um, I yeah, I'm, I'm a problem. Terrified. No, no. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you have to be... I mean, obviously. No, I mean my hand. I mean my hand. <laughs> Dan and I are like, you know, we're, we're playing ICM-wise fine. We're not getting in each other's way unless we had to. So for me to for me to shove there when we had two of the biggest stacks was definitely a sign that I had something. But, I mean, the guy had two big blinds and nines. And he was going to get hit with a small blind next hand anyway. Right. So, so anyway... Well, and and uh, I thought it was funny too. At the end of the night, when you guys chopped three handed, and the third guy is like, "There's there's two of you edge guys. I have to chop for whatever he's saying." <laughs> he's like, "You guys, you guys have edge all over you. I don't know what to do. I'm just chopping." <laughs> <laughs> he was fairly confident, though. He seemed to play pretty all right. He was fine, and yeah, and had. Dale got $200 less the first place, so of course it was a good idea. Right. <laughs> he was fine, and we were three, three, three people with three stacks equal, so it was, you know, there, there was, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and we were getting short. I don't know if we had, maybe we had 12 big blinds each or something like that. So, Well, in, in fairness, I mean, Diego probably should have gotten the better shot because you have to be afraid of him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Silent assassin. <laughs> so intimidating. He just towers over you. That's right. <laughs> it's the stare. I got the Ben Lamb stare, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and before we forget, we should also uh, throw out props to, to – we mentioned Hunsucker. Uh, he went deep in the uh, in the 500, made day two, and I think ended up, what, finishing like 20th or something like that? Uh, I think he was at final two tables, was he not? No, no, there was 22 remaining, and he was one of the first people out, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, sucks. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, he had a, he had a he had a really big stack, and then uh, and lost a couple of crucial hands right at the end of of day mm-hmm. one. He came back but, with like seventeen or eighteen big blinds, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but he had come back from six big blinds earlier in the day, so I mean I you know I think we were all just stoked for him that he was able to make that kind of a run. For sure. Gave himself a chance. Yep, that's all you can do. And uh, Derek didn't around. do anything other than slow roll. Did you play Derek? Did you play Derek? I I did. I actually <laughs> I actually I actually went somewhat deep in in event in sleep two. deep in sleep. <laughs> I think I think uh, it was paying ninety and there was like one eighty something left on the clock when I busted. So I I almost min cash, which is what I do. <laughs> you don't even do that anymore. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I've been min cashing maximum. When was the last time you cashed a live tournament? Vegas. But that was the last time I played a live tournament. So we're not all live bros like Sean Cougars. Yeah, me. we're not all WT oh, final wow. table. Come on. Come on <laughs> we're not, now. Oh. We're not all jealousy. Jealousy. <laughs> Sean's phone is like set to, to like the WBT final table blog from his phone. <laughs> he just like fumbles it onto the table. Like, all oh, right. so sorry. Oh, sorry. I, did you see that? I'm <laughs> All right, I'll remember this. <laughs> oh. I guess I haven't taken these WPT patches off. <laughs> Didn't you get, like, hats and stuff? Actually, I've seen you wear a hat and, like, a WSO, or uh, what was it, WPT hat this weekend. I haven't worn a hat in about three years, but I do own one that they gave us. Yeah. Because your head's gotten so big. <laughs> that is definitely the main reason. Right. Oh man! The Barry Bonds but it was clipped to your fanny pack, was it not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> Let's talk about you and plans. Mm. Mm. <laughs> photo. Yeah. Put that photo up. Could it be your yeah. photo for a couple of days? No. Give me his pro photo for the site. <laughs> I think me. I was and, uh, mine and Mark Aliato's uh, guests. Appearance was a nice pick, though. Yeah, I was gonna say I was especially happy because I, you know, we were planning to be there with the whole team except for Mark. So I was actually stoked that he was able to show up yep. and uh, and meet us out on the dance floor. Too, man. Yeah. It's crazy. He's good on the dance floor. Absolutely. <laughs> Unbelievable. That night, <laughs> and, a, and a sharp dresser too. Yep. That night was painful, but we did get to we did everyone. Oh, okay. So Friday night when we got there, for a bunch of us, we went out after whoever played tournaments played busted or the day ended, and we went to one of the bars there and we just had a party there. And I was shocked that everyone showed up for the 10 a.m. focus group breakfast <laughs> that yeah. we were hosting. Um, we were there physically. I don't know about mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Without, <laughs> but thanks to everyone who showed up for that. Um, help us. We we talked about some of the new features that are coming. Um, got your feedback on them, some suggestions, improvements for TPE, and we're gonna start rolling those things out in the next couple months. So thank you for for joining everyone who who was able to come to that. Yeah, absolutely. That was it was a good time hanging out with those guys, and and it was cool too, just kind of seeing people in between breaks and stuff like that. Like a lot of people would come up and and say hello, and you know talk about hands and stuff, and that was fun. Eric even signed an autograph. Yeah. No. I'm world famous. No, I do. Uh, Sean, what about I you, live pro, and, and all? You know, <laughs> no, none this trip. <laughs> okay. You disappointed? Well, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I have cool. a couple hands from the um, from from the the nice the deeply night stack. Whatever. What I still at <laughs> the nightly <laughs> deep stack. Yes, the deeply night stack. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
<laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Cluster F. <laughs> Might still be hungover from a few brain cells killed this weekend. Yeah, uh, at least. All right, so this hand is we're down to three tables, so and we're pretty full each. So I'm guessing we're probably like 24 players left. It pays 15, so we're we're not at the bubble, but you know people are starting to to play like it. Uh, I don't think they could have played any tighter than they were. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they could have. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but once again, the way this tournament is structured is, I mean, everyone was short, right? I had 50 bigs, I think, at this point, and I was, like, overwhelming chip leader. It was, mm-hmm. it, it was really – most of the people at the table had, like, you know, under 10 big blinds, and they were playing, you know. I actually big. think you had full equity in this tournament on the bubble with, like, four big blinds. Yeah, I I, 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 no, I agree. I yeah. agree. So, so it was a great situation for someone with stack like me because I was opening or shoving, depending on who was behind me, like it, most hands, and uh, you know, and I could play accordingly based on that. So that's what I was continuing to do. So, I opened here. Um, on, it wasn't under the gun. It was, I think, I would think it was, I was either MP1 or. Or MP2. I think it was MP1 because it wasn't that far away. Uh, so MP1 and I open with Queen. <coughs> I just min raise, and um, I get a flat from the guy to the left of me. And like this guy had the second most chips at the table, so it was 1.53, and he had about to start the hand about 75. Um, pretty sure about 75, and he just flats me for the 6K, and it falls all the way around to a player who actually had like. Like, he had, like, young kids, like, not young kids, like, just, he, he had, like, people who looked like online grinders hanging out with him, and, and he looked like an online grinder. So, and he was playing, like, the math, he was, like, him and his friends were talking about, yeah, you had the eyes to call there, blah, blah, blah. So they, they, they They're saying you were stereotyping. Yes, I was stereotyping, that's what you do at the table, right? So, he, he seemed to know what he was Racist. doing. And, and <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Yes, those, those, I hate those math people. <laughs> I really have to be know it this whole time. <laughs> um, so he has 18k. He just like he he lost a giant flip. But once again, he did the math and and took a giant flip with like eights or nines or whatever. And it was you know the the right play. Well, I don't remember the exact details, but he was left with like 18k, like six bigs. So he he jammed his six bigs. And now here with the queen ten suited, my first thinking is. You know, the first decision is, do I just overjam or do I just call? Um, now, I just called because I didn't think this guy – to the I, well, okay, I think the guy to my left could – would if he jammed, he was trapping me, okay, because this is the kind of player he was. He, you know, he would call with aces or kings there, try to trap me, not, not jam. Um, so I feel like if that guy put all his chips in right there, it's because he was trapping me. Otherwise, he'd probably just fold or call. Um, so if that's first – is my thought process there faulty? You guys knew the player. You saw the player. Um, just curious what you think. The first the first guy who went all in, how many? How much more was it to you? 11.8K. At, at, at 1.53. Yeah, I, I, I still rip it, I think. Okay. Um, you know, he could be trapped. I just don't see him trapping that often to be confident enough to think that, oh, this guy is short. Um, there's a couple short stacks that might squeeze, and I'm going to trap the original guy who's going to ISO into me. Um, right. I would rather just ISO shove, and I'm over it. If he has it, he has it. See, I just feel like he never 
I think flatting is kind of bad. Okay. Because uh, then you give him the opportunity to jam. See, I don't think he's ever jammed. That's the thing. Like, this is not like this isn't a live thing specifically, and not, not. I wouldn't do this online. Right. But with this particular player, I don't think he's ever jamming there to get me off of anything when he doesn't have a. I just think he's still set hunting so many stupid pairs and like pseudo connectors and everything. Like he's still playing. Thinks he's way deeper than he is. So like, I think you should ISO and just you know play a four big blind pot. And with all the antis and everything in the pot, it's massive pickup when you win that queen ten suited against the, the shorty. Doesn't really matter when you lose because it's such a small exactly. stack. Yeah. Right. Right. So if I jam there, and mm-hmm. so he's if folding. I jam, he's folding a lot of the time because we think he's doing that not just to trap me. Right. It's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's like with his pairs and his ace jacks, ace queens. Yeah. So like I even think he folds ace jack when you always saw. Yes. Him, so. uh, and he does. And he does. So. So Even, like, sevens and eights, you know, I, I really think he does, because he just, all in to those people means a monster in that, and you're, that particular And you're part. getting three to one on your two big blinds or whatever it is, or... Yeah, I see, I agree with all that, but I also think that, he, that uh, there but is a... you gotta not be afraid of the chance that he's trapping and just go for it. Right. Okay, but if he is trapped... Okay, right. I, I mean, I understand that, but yeah. if he is trapping, I can get away with get, get away from it. And post... I have a shot of taking the pot down anyway. Right. If he just calls. And he might fold, honestly. He might fold to this raise. He doesn't understand the math. Right. He might so fold to the ornate. So you're playing on stabbing at almost every flop? Yes. Yes. So then you put in, like, half your stack? Well, I, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I don't think I don't know if I'm, I'm stabbing at every, every flop. I mean, a lot of them I'm going to stab at, but not, I'm not sure if every one. But, okay. I mean, I, could, I, see, I see the rationale. I... I I took, I guess, what I thought was a little less variance spot by just calling. Were you nervous? No. Was not. So when paint hits the board, you're c-betting, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. Because you've got to assume this guy has, like, a small pair of suit connectors. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he already wrote them on. So, yeah. So, when paint doesn't hit the board, what's your plan? Um, just check, check the whole way down until you hit something, or, or no, until, I, you the, know what? until I, the time I, comes. I probably will see bet almost all the time, and I don't. So to the way what I originally said, I probably will see bet almost all the time there, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I. I don't think I have to make a giant see bet to. I would just bet one third pot, right? Because right. that way you still have like twenty big blinds behind or whatever for the next. You still have a reshove stack if your see bet doesn't work. I think. Right. Okay. All right. So fair enough. So we we think I should just put it in there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So, but I don't. The turbo. That's what the Turbo Master says. Mm. Turbo Master says that. Okay. So. <laughs> so I fair think enough. He claimed himself to be the world's best Turbo player this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> that. Okay. And so okay, but uh, so there's my there's my rationale for making that mistake. I, I I was probably waiting traps too much into his range because if we if we think it's aces and kings like even, you know, 10 or 15% of the time that he's trapping, and the rest of the time it's, it's you know, stuff that he doesn't want to put all his chips in with, I could probably, yeah, it's profitable to just jam given what's in there. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So then the flop, so now that guy's all in, so it's just me and this guy. He has, you know, he has position on me. I'm first to act. And the flop is queen 10, and I don't even remember the third card. It was something for, and it was, was it rags or was it suit? It was, it was two suits, right? I believe. 
Okay. Now here's where like here's where probably acted too fast. Um and like all the chips <laughs> involved in the pot and you can't read the you can't read the pot, you know, what the pot is. Like I'm trying to keep track of it in my head. Um You're not I'm, good at math? No, I I am, but you know what I was oh. you know all you don't know everything, you know. You don't have numbers in front of you to right. It's just you have to kind of make estimates. Yeah, that, so, the adding thing gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> you. you. <laughs> um, so I okay. So what's the pot now? We we say it was three people put in eighteen k plus the well plus the, well, the guy who jammed was the big. So it was about sixty k, sixty five, sixty two k, something like that. And I have queen 10, and I flop queen 10-4. And so I lead out for 20K, which, Danny, you think is a big mistake, right? Yeah, because the only way you're ever going to stack him there is with the times he is trapping, which we already said is 10 to 15% of the time. Yeah. So what are you going to get value from? Why are you bluffing? You're like, you're you're getting him off his complete range there every time unless he has a jack-9 suited in there or something, you know? And here's the mistake that that I make, and I, and I do this, I think, not just live, but I do this online as well. I I see bet when I was going to see bet, no matter what, right. because I don't want it to look like, oh well, he's not like. Plus, I see bet all the time, and at that table, I every flop that came down that I opened, which was a ton of them, I see bet. So I felt like, well, if I don't see bet here, it's going to look suspicious, and I do the same thing everywhere. So I'm not. I I, I kind of try to keep keep my my lines consistent, but maybe too consistent. Is that? Is yeah, that... but when you're into a side pot, people don't really expect you to turn your hand into a bluff. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And you already should have ranged them on. It's you know, it's got to be small pairs a ton of the time here. And think about what hand he's putting you on as well. He's probably putting you on like an ace king through you know ace ten whatever. Um, right. You know, any pair, I guess. Um, so when you see that, like, you're taking away a ton of his range, and, like, you're pre- he's pretty much committed to, to stack off to you after, if he's doing anything against your seabed. Yeah. So, like, if he has sixes or sevens, you're not giving him the chance to bluff. Like, you, it, he might just automatically put you on ace-jack or ace-king if you check to him, and he might just shove because thinking his pair is good. Right. right, and I guess the problem there is that I'm not – I'm I'm too worried about – people seeing me deviate from my standard line and I'm yeah, giving, see this, this doesn't matter in a nightly tournament like you don't yeah. need to play balance you don't need right. like these are not regs you're thinking in the wrong line i think yeah yeah i agree with that yeah i agree with that okay um yeah so i did you know i bet 20 he had like what did we say sean because i think you were count someone was counting the stack with me and it looked like he had 60k left behind 60 or 65 so he might have started with even a little more um and then he just folded, um, you know. Obviously, to Danny's point with the line, and you got and you got sad. I got sad, sad panda, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I, you know, the guy, the guy had nothing, whatever, and I took that. Um, so that's how that hand played out. And then and if, was, if uh, can I just say something? Um, yeah, if you check to this guy and he see about it, I would just call, and then I would probably just check, get it in on the turn. Well, yeah, I mean, if he. If, if I just let him that, let, get value, like let him bluff his, off his stack. I mean, I'm never folding. It doesn't matter what the next next card right. is. It just doesn't matter. Right. Is that, yeah. And I mean, if that happens that way, 
then the stack the stack to pot ratio is is you know the, the pot stack ratio is small enough that it, it, I don't have to get in on the turn. I could I can let him bluff off the turn, and if right. he doesn't, then lead the the river. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. So regardless, I was able to continue to accumulate, um, and even with making that mistake there, I still added so much to my, my stack on that one hand. Yeah. Like, like it's ridiculous. So you can make a mistake like that and still, if you're playing solid, you can still recover in a tournament mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so we get to the final table and like three hands in, this hand comes up where a uh, little backstory at the, at the bubble, like I said, I think I said earlier, the only, the only competent player other than Dan left in the tournament um, and Dan was at another table, was this guy to my not me. <laughs> not, No, not you, Dan. Just to clarify that for everyone. <laughs> Dantastic. Remember, yeah. remember, remember TP, remember Dantastic. This guy to my left was very competent. He, didn't, he was not phased by the bubble. He was playing Angry Birds the whole time um, whenever he wasn't in a hand. He was not, he was not phased. He, he was whispering like poker lingo to me like, I don't know, like I can't believe that guy. Like that, that, like that, that's a great ICM move or something like that. He was just like, you know, like he could tell that since I had all the TP people with me that, that I knew poker. And so he was sharing with me. And by the way he played, I knew he, he was competent. So, um, so it was a little bit of a pain in the neck because then he got chips and I was able, able to navigate through that last two tables and got to the final table where we redraw for seats. Um, I'm in like seat four and he's all the way over in seat like eight. Um, and so now... I'm going to try to remember stack sizes here because I think they're relevant. Um, he had like 12 or 13 bigs, and everyone at the table was between 7 and 15, except for me and the other guy that I ended up chopping with. Um, not Dantastic, the other, the other guy. The only other guy with a, with a big, big enough stack. And actually, this guy had, had 16 or 17 bigs. That's what it was. No, 18. Okay, so, okay, so, so now it... Like three hands in, um, so he had been at the table with me before. He knew I was opening a ton. I opened like the first one or two hands of the final table, and then the next hand that comes up in early position, I have ace queen. I might have even been under the gun or under the gun plus one, and with most people having under ten bigs, and I think I had about eight bigs at this point. I open jammed. Which how many did you say you had? <sighs> God, I'm trying to remember. I think was, you had like 22, 23, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And, yeah, and, you know, like I said, most people, except for the guy with the, the giant stack, he was the only other guy with more chips than me. Um, everyone else had mostly under 10. Like, like the guy to my left had, you know, the guy with the nines, you know, folded. He had like most, like there were like four people with three big blinds, right? There's like, we got to the final table, most people crippled. And so I jammed the ace-queen, which, and it instantly... Instantly, I was annoyed at myself. Um, and I knew it was a mistake. I knew it was a mistake. And the main reason, well, Danny, why do you? Th- I'm going to assume you're going to say it's a mistake. So why don't let's see if let's see what you say first before I. Yeah, I, I think it's a mistake because if that guy does have tens or jacks and decides to call, like, I mean, if you you can raise call pretty much everyone else at the table, but if you shove, then if that guy happens to have a monster that one time, uh, uh-huh. you're you know. You finish eighth or ninth, and 
your tournament's ruined. So can I raise fold ace queen in that spot? I think I don't think he's ever reshipping lighter than maybe nines or. We're, we're talking about the guy who has me covered, right? Who's right, not right. not the comp, not not the super competent player. He's this is a regular player, but he just right. has a ton of chips. Right, but even and that competent player, he he had pretty much like fourteen, fifteen at this point too, right? Um, I'm pretty sure he did. The comp, yes, he did. He had like sixteen. Yeah, so you got him, and then you got the guy who has just as many chips as you, or whatever. And you're shoving from EP. I, I, I think if those guys reach, I think it's better to raise fold. It's just like, I, I, I get the shove. It's a less variance play. Right. Um, but at this point, with the given stacks, I think you got to be raise calling there. Just uh, you could raise fold think, value. Right. And exactly. that, you know what? That's exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, I don't think. That, that's why I, don't I think was, I'd be raised folding. I'd be raised calling because they can shove more yes. aces, and then that's not why calling I was, or shove with. That's why I was pissed off because this guy had seen me opening a ton. So my range is not ace king, ace queen only. It could be ace jack, ace ten, ace nine. It could be anything really. But from yeah, a final yeah. table, you have to call all those other stacks. So I mean, you're never you're you're raising hands that you're calling the other stacks with. Right. Right, right. Right. So you yeah, have to have a hand here. Calling. You can still be raised calling with worse aces. He can. Yes, that's what I'm saying though, but like So he, what are you saying? I still I still don't think Diego's gonna be opening ace five off in this spot. Mm, I mean probably not. Probably they not. barely they're like crushing your range here when they reship, I'm pretty sure. I mean ace queen is you know, the com I, I think so the you're minimum you're opening is like ace ten suited in this spot. And they should know that because given stacks, you have to call all the six and seven big blind stacks. But now um, you're giving them credit for knowing these things. Well, I, 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 most people that play should know that if you open, that they do you, have do six you remember big what, blinds. Do you remember ESPN guy? Yes, yeah, I, I watched the table. I mean, all these people weren't ESPN guy. Yeah, I think if somebody shows like four bigs, they have to assume they're getting a call. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. fine. But the I mean, point is, you I, don't I think, think the, the other... shove is fine. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it's okay, but I think I prefer a raise call or a raise call. Pretty much everyone except the big stack, right. because your edge in here, your edge isn't to take a flip. Like these people are reshipping. Like the only thing they're reshipping that you have beat is ace ten suited, ace jack off. Right. But you know, I think the problem is that I didn't allow for that to happen. Like that, there is a non-zero chance. And I think it's better than – it's more likely a better chance of that happening than me getting someone to fold, uh, and, you know, reducing my variance. And mm -hmm. I don't have the math for that. But I think I, – you know, I just – my gut tells me that the variance I reduced is not worth the opportunity for someone who – like, and literally I was just pinning it down to the one guy who had a clue except for Dan. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just – like, for some reason, as soon as I – as soon as I danced, I was like – Shit, I should have just opened, and that guy might jam over me with ace-jack, ace-ten. And then mm -hmm. it gets to him, and he tanks, right? <laughs> yeah. Gets to him, and he tanks, like, for, like, two, three minutes. Like, maybe even more. He's just sitting there thinking, and he, and he clearly has a tough decision. He folds, and he tells me I had ace-jack. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. and if you didn't open, I would have jammed. Yeah. Like, and I'm guessing he's telling the truth there. It seemed like was, I don't think he's lying. He's yeah, definitely jamming ace-jack. Yeah, he was definitely given, you know, but I mean, we, once again, we narrowed him down to maybe two or three hands he would do that with, but I think that But was, I don't think your edge, e even his edge is, uh, is to be reshipping on you from an EP open when you've got to call so many people. I think, uh, but I was, Danny, the one thing though is, I yeah. mean, would it be fair to say that my image was ridiculously aggressive? Like, yes. like rec maybe, maybe recklessly aggressive? Yes. Like, 
like it was I was opening eighty percent, eighty five percent, so I didn't have to have ace jack or better there. No. I think that's the thing. Even though even though I wouldn't open ace five there given the change in the no. dynamics and being they at don't the final know that. table. I don't think they know that. I think that they they everyone who played at that that previous table with me thinks I'm a maniac. Right. So your raise calling everyone except the dude that has the stack like who's incompetent who has the same stack as you. Right. And I could have, and I'm thinking that the guy who is competent might jam on me with ace nine, ace eight. Yeah, he might widen his range. Uh, I don't know if he. I don't know if he will because I think his edge is is just shoving any two cards on the weak two players. I, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like he See, was, you know. I never you know. played the tournament. I mean, I'm just, you know, if the guy's competent, I, you know, the edge at the final table is shoving on the weak stacks and that are waiting for prize jumps. Right. Not to reshove into an EP open, one of the first hands of the final table. Right. Okay, so what do we take, though? Oh, wait, look, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree and understand what your argument, um, but what do we take away from the fact that he – he had a huge decision with Ace Jack. Like, what what should we take away from that? Given given now that we know that about a player like this, is it is it then better to to do the Ace Queen, knowing that with the just opening? Like, what do we take away from that kind of player? How do we profile someone in the future that what they're capable of doing? Well, um, you're definitely raised calling for value there, right? In the future, right? If he has a tough decision with Ace Jack, I mean, uh, yeah, if you if you open, he may be reshipping. Uh, I mean, he has a tough decision yeah. there with Ace Jack calling off. He's going to be shoving lighter than Ace Jack, right? And so we can't like, but but and he's one player out of the other whatever six that were, other eight whatever that was capable of thinking at that level. Like I think Ace Jack is an easy fold for those other guys, mm-hmm. but he's yeah. he, he's only one player of the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So we can't play just thinking about him but for some reason as soon as i fold, as soon as i jammed i was like shit i didn't give him a, an opportunity to, to hang himself but he's the only one you have to worry about yeah, yeah. the rest of the hand's kind of going to play itself yeah right because right, right. well, you're taking away the the yeah. main problem yeah. i have with this hand is that you're taking away all the four and five big blinds or whatever you're like they're folding they they think when they see an ep open from the chip leader or right. an ep jam sorry it's it's like ace queen ace king all day so they're they're folding like yeah you know, yeah. some That's people fair. may think they have full equity with like seven, eight big blinds, like the four big blinds or whatever, obviously think you're going to call. And yeah. three of them don't even know what full equity is. So. Right. You know what? I think, Sean, you, you summed it up perfectly. Why? Why I knew it was a mistake immediately, because every like if I looked at the table and I assessed what everyone would do, given my my action, mm-hmm. everyone was an easy decision. If a raise or a raise or a jam. Well, a jam obviously is there's no decision to make after that. But if I had raised every single one of those other players, my decision was easy. Call everyone except for the big the guy with the big stack. And then yep. the only one that was that 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 I would have been able to induce was the guy with the seventeen, eighteen big blinds. And that's why I was annoyed at myself the minute I did it. Because I, I, yeah, I I definitely I, agree with that, that now, yeah. You yeah. Know? That that's why I, I was annoyed. exactly yeah. Everyone else is easy. So I didn't give the one, you know, I didn't, I didn't let the one spot develop. One day you too can final table a WPT main event. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are my two hands from that tournament. Um, but uh, you know, anyway, it was, it was, it, it was interesting as we marched down to the to the end because we did have some some guys folding just themselves to two big blinds. Yeah. Um, and then uh and then the big dog pocket fives 
brought the tournament home for me. So thank you, Casey. The day. <laughs> Even though he was at the, he wasn't there. He was still asleep by then. It was it was still <laughs> right after Dew got mad for not chopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Cool. All right, any um, D- Derek? Did you have any hands that are worth talking about? Yeah, I actually had one that I thought was uh, kind of interesting, so I thought I would uh, run it down. This was in um, day 1B of the the 350, I guess is how much it was, um, the big two-day, the two-entry day tournament that they had. So just before this hand happened, I found out that the villain in the hand was Steve Daneman's girlfriend, and I don't know if that has any application, but I, I guess maybe it means that she might know a little something about poker, maybe. I mean, I guess you could argue or whether or not Steve Daneman is any good. She but let's just assume. Um, she was cute for an older woman, I thought. Steve or... Daneman looks like he just loves life. Like that guy, that guy is, like, he was just rolling through, just cackling. Yeah. <laughs> he, he came by the table yeah. several times and was talking to everybody at the table, and he was very nice I was guy. at the table next to you when that was all going on, and he was just yeah. like, he'd roll in, he's like, what's up, everyone? He's just like, yeah. the guy is like lives the best life in the world, right? He finished second in the main event a couple of years ago, and yeah. that's it. The guy's just rolling around. <laughs> rolling, rolling. And, and he was he was standing over her shoulder while this hand played out, so I, I, I was also kind of thinking, like, is she going to try to, maybe try extra hard to win the hand, because he's watching, or I don't know, I just thought that might factor in, but maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. So, um, we're at 150, 300, I believe. Yeah. That's kind of important. And, yeah, it's important information to have. She starts the hand with about 14K, and I think I have about 12K, and she's under the gun. So she limps from under the gun. Solid play. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good start to the hand. Wait, what were the, what were the blinds at? I'm sorry. 153. Okay. He thinks. Uh, yep. Yeah, pretty sure. And I am under the gun plus one, so I'm immediately to her left. And I have king-queen suited of spades. Raise. Nice limp. Yeah. So I make it nine. <laughs> Is that bad? No, no, sorry. Uh, and it folds back around to her, and she calls. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. yeah, which I pretty much expected her to do, but I figure I'll be in position, etc. So yeah, that's what you want. On. You want her to call. Yeah. I'm thinking probably, uh, my initial thought was small pairs, okay. you know, like deuces through seven or something, and maybe, maybe even like some suited aces and ace-jack kind of hands. It's like everything she limps, which is her in her call range pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, and I certainly haven't seen enough of her play to, to just be able to narrow it down to, like, oh, it's always a small pair or something, but I think it's generally those kind of hands. Right. So, yeah, so there's about 2,200 in the pot, and the flop is ace, nine, deuce, and I'm pretty sure that's accurate, but definitely an ace, um, and one spade. So, obviously, it's not the greatest flop in the world for me, but I figure she's going to check a lot, and I can just see bet. But she doesn't. She actually leads out for 1,100. So, 1,100 into 2,200. And I kind of think from it, I'm like, my thinking is, I think she would have raised big aces, like ace, queen, ace, king, maybe even ace, jack. So, I feel like I can, I feel like I might be able to take the pot away a lot on the turn. Um, if she has weak aces, or if maybe she's just betting a pair, you know, hoping that I don't have an ace. So I decide to call with the plan of taking it away on the turn. I don't know what you guys think of that. I think I'm just over it with lack of information right then and there. Yeah. So you just fold it away. It was eight, nine, deuce flop, right? 
Uh, Ace Nine. Oh, Ace Nine. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and I think part of my reasoning was that I, had, at the time, I think I was thinking small pairs. So I'm like, and and I raised preflop. So I, I thought if she had a a decent ace, she would check to me and you know check raise because that's sort of like the that's what I guess mediocre players mm-hmm. do. You know, like like oh I have an ace and he's he raised. So if I check, he'll probably bet and I can. Yeah, that's super weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems to me like it's always a weak ace. That's what it seems to me. Like, yeah. She doesn't what does know she what to do, do if she with flops it. a set? She might lead there. Just seems like she's betting as soon as she sees that she hit the board. I don't know. Yeah. Hit the flop. Yeah. It, it was definitely weird. I, like, it, and it it kind of seemed out of character, I think, I guess, for her to lead. Just because, like I said, I, I feel like passive players like that just kind of let you take the aggression. Mm-hmm. Like, if you raise, like, they're just going to check call, check call, not, check call, I don't or think, whatever. But not when they're unsure what to do. Like later on, like I, th- I right. you know, I think, I think to Sean to answer your question, if she hit a set, I think she's gonna check raise. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I think she knows how to, pl- like she knows what to do. Like she's, it's not gonna be a harder hand to play in the next couple of turn, next couple of streets. But with it being a weak ace, she's kind of like, well, I'll bet here, and then I'll know where I'm at. If so, why not just raise the flop for Derek to raise the flop? Yeah, because then. Uh, okay, yes. You're that's having to risk point. more chips by raising the turn if she leads the turn again, or are you just folding if she leads the turn? Um, well, I, I think she's going to check the turn a lot. But I, but if she bets, I, I mean, I guess depending on the the card, I I probably have to fold because she is uh, sort I, of I a think, straight ahead player. I think. Mm-hmm. And once again, I'm going to throw my two cents in there and see what you guys say because I want to I want I want to know if I'm way off the line thinking here. But I think you you can call here and see what she does in the turn because that will tell you how committed she is to her hand and 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 if she's willing to to go further with it because if she's if she just checks then she's just kind of like unsure of how to what to do the rest of the time and i think you can't take it away only problem i have is that if she leads out on the turn again uh i'm sorry no i'm sorry if she checks the turn and then you bet and she calls like she She's trying to keep the pot small with her weak ace, I think. Right, I and think then she's going to call you on, well. and then she's going to call you on the river. So and you haven't yeah. checked the river, and you have air. Yes. Yeah. Right, I agree. So that's that's exactly. <clears throat> I mean, that's exactly what I would predict happen there. If if you mm-hmm. check, if you check, uh, if you if you call the, the the flop, and then you she checks to you in the turn, and you bet, and she calls you, then she's not folding top pair. So well, I think she's right. folding a lot of her weak aces if you raise the flop. I think she she folds a lot of her weak aces if Possible. you raise the flop. But I think she also folds her weak aces on the turn a lot too. I know we just went through a scenario where she she, she calls your your bet on the turn, but that's where you'll know if she's gonna if she's willing to be committed to it or not. Yes, you're probably. Well, I think right. this is completely unnecessary overall, though. With yeah, lack I of agree. Information. I, right. I ate this to be honest. I just though. fold. I just right. fold. I'm done with it uh, and move on and find out where she's at next time. I mean, just pay attention to how she's playing and right. avoid. Avoid these unnecessary spots at one fifty three hundred. You're forty big blinds deep. I mean, whatever. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to outplay everyone. Yeah, yeah, especially someone like that. It's not really a leveling war against someone who might just get committed to their ace and just go with it the whole way and like not folding station wise. Right. Right. You know. Yep. Yeah, a fold is probably better. I, I tend to get the. I, I tend to hear Casey in my head going, "The donk lead is always weak." <laughs> but I guess if donk that's the case, a lot different should... live. I think too. Yeah, especially you know from a really passive player, I should probably. Do, do you think? I, I think it sounds like everybody agrees folding is better. But do you think that 
raising the flop is better than calling. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. That was my cool. point. I'm, I think I, I got fold, fold, raise flop, uh, call flop. That's yeah. right. All right. So that's fair enough. I, I can accept that I that I messed up that that flop. Um, so then you know I, I guess here is kind of where I I think it starts to get a little more interesting. Uh, the turn. So there's, now there's forty four hundred in the pot when I call. The turn is the jack of spades. And I remember I have the king queen of spades. There was already one spade on the board. So now I pick up a gut gut shot straight draw oh. and a flush draw. <laughs> yeah. And and now I'm kind of thinking in my head if she bets I'm just going to jam because I've picked up so much equity. So there's 44 in the pile. I'm like, if she bets like, and I, I, th- I guess I have at this point about uh, 10k behind. I'm like, if she bets like 25 or 28 or 32, mm-hmm. I'm just going to shove because I think it, you know, she will. Oh pull yeah, all those yeah, I'm not calling. I'm, I'm either shoving or pulling. Like, well, I, I, yeah, I'm shoving. <laughs> yeah. I'm over. Yeah, and that and and that's kind of my that was kind of my thought. I'm like, it's kind of the perfect card for me in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she she does the thing that drives me crazy. The live players do. She bets 1100 again. So she bets eleven hundred and the forty four hundred, and now my shove is sort of awkward size because I'm gonna put I'm gonna shove jam ten k over. Eh, I'll probably bet like five k and just bet and shove the river. Yeah, maybe that's better. You just called. What do you think, Sean? Mm-hmm. What, what would you do there? I'm trying to think what her bet sizing there on the turn really is. I mean, I don't think she really has a monster anymore for sure. I raised to like five k and jam any river. Yeah. It that's just seems probably, more believable than a shove. I'd probably raise yeah. the 4K in Jamie River, so at least your bet's bigger yeah. on the river than it is yeah, in the turn. Okay, fair enough. Right. I mean, I, I, I thought for a minute, and, and I think, and this is probably a horrible way to think about this hand, but my thought now is this, this 4,400 in the pot, she bets 1,100. I can call 1,100 with tons of outs, and if I completely brick and she bets river or jams river or whatever, I can fold and still have, like, 30 big blinds to play. You do have a, a, quite a bit behind, and I think she has an ace, and she's probably not folding a lot of times. I think with yeah. your your uh, your two-bet on the turn and your shove, she's folding a weak ace. Yeah. And that's what we're putting here on here, are we not? Yeah. So your, lo- your line it makes perfect sense uh, to have a stronger ace because it's not a scary flop. Um, you raise you're raising the turn because it is a scary turn. Um, so you can represent a better ace from your line, and when you shove, she's just going to be like, "Oh, okay." Right. But you know that the line makes perfect sense to me for you to have like two pairs, the turn ace jack maybe, or uh, she's probably know. not really thinking about what we have though. Yeah, really probably think not. She gets committed to like ace three there, like the whole way when you when you ra- raise the turn after calling that flop. Raise he didn't raise. Oh, I got what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And then jamming the river. I, I can't imagine her just stacking off one raggy ace. I don't know. Right. It just doesn't. For that many chips, live people just don't do that. Is there any um, validity to my thinking that? That I can just call and just fold river and have thirty big lines to keep playing with. Seems pretty in, in weak. A, yeah. For the amount of equity your hand has. Right. And, yeah, and at this point you should be ranging around a weak ace. So I mean, if you're, you can turn your hand into a bluff if you miss, which makes complete sense. And if you hit, um, you can get value out of a race. Uh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. 
as Sean predicted, I do just call mm-hmm. uh, uh, based on the argument that I had. And again, I don't think it was necessarily a good justification, but it was a justification I had at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a champ, I bang a ten of hearts on the <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Because that's what I do. <laughs> um, so now there's 6,600 in the pot, and she bets 1,100 again. <laughs> Click it back. So, Watch yeah, kinda, yeah, I'm wondering what you guys do here. Like, I, I thought about just jamming, but then I was like, I don't know if she's good enough to realize that that looks bluffy. Like, I think when I think it's kind of like Danny was saying earlier. Like, when you jam, it, like people just go, "Oh my god, monster!" But maybe not. I, I, I probably jam as well. I was just kidding. Yeah, I have about nine. I guess at this point I have like eight or nine. Or I'd either jam or make it like three thousand. Yeah, and she has, like I said, she had me uh, covered by about two k. So if I have nine, she has like eleven. Um, I think so you guys- I think she calls the nine k with the raggy ace in this case because I I think your th- if you raise to like three k, it's it looks super value town rather than shoving. It looks like you think her 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 line is super super weak and you can get her off her ace and then... I think you're giving her way too much credit again. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's possible. I you know, that's just my thought. That's how I would do it. Right. Yeah, my I I ended up you're talking about somebody I, who bet the same size in the flop turning river. They're not that confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I really kind of felt like she didn't love her hand, but I thought if I just raised not a small raise, but just sort of a normal. I think I ended up making it 4,200, which is a little on the big side, I guess. But not necessarily con- to what's in the pot. I like that bet better than 3K. It's like 7,700 in there. So I-, I thought if I make it like 42, she might call just going, well, I still have 6K left mm-hmm. if, I- if I call and I'm wrong. Um, so I was going to, my- but I really felt like if I jammed, it would scare the shit out of her and she would fold. But it- it- because I was thinking weak ace. And I mean, I guess if I guess she could, she could have flopped a set, but at that point, I think she would have, I think she would have put more in on the mm-hmm. turn if she had. So I really think like her hand now is weak aces, and I don't think she's going to call a shove. So I just tried to put in enough that she would call and look at her stack and go, I still have four pretty red chips and in some purples. So Wait, so the bet that you made was how much? I think I made it forty two hundred. She bet eleven hundred on the river into sixty six. She bet eleven hundred. So you add, you made it thirty one more, right? And then how much would your shove have been more? Uh, I think I had about nine k behind, so it would have been like another forty five hundred or something. Right. So do you think she's three times more likely to just call and fold to a raise than the opposite? Yes, I think so. Right. I, yeah, I, I think she folds to a shove almost a hundred percent of the time. All right. I mean, if that's your read, then that's. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. Well, actually, I'm probably not wrong because she folded to my raise. <laughs> but maybe she's more likely. To, I mean, maybe she would have called if I. Your raise looks like value, though. A shove right. looks like a bluff. Right. Yeah. That's why I think a raise is uh, a jam is better because I think it does the proportion wise. I think a jam wise. is better. Yeah. Right. And even if she calls yeah, I, you equally a jam, like even if she calls a jam twenty. 30% of the time, and your bet 70% of the time, your jam is still more profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, I guess the question is, like Sean was saying, are we giving her too much credit, think, being smart? It's not that. I mean, sometimes people might just get attached to their hand and then level themselves into, what? I mean, right. this doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, yeah. Can he, maybe he missed his flush, and 
he he thinks my bet is weak. You know, I'm betting eleven hundred into what the six or seven k was it or what? Yeah, right? sixty six hundred. So it looks super weak, and you know, if she has a six, I think she might call. Yeah, you know? yeah. She might level herself into calling. Yeah, and, right. And you're, I mean, I think what happens the tendency there is that you don't want to miss. Like you're like I don't want to miss value if it's there. Like I want to make sure I get value if it's there. So I'm gonna bet enough so that that she'll call me. A, you know, the most that the most frequent percentage of the time she'll call this bet. But it's still not. It still doesn't make it as, as much sense if she calls a jam less percentage of the time, but still a big percentage of the time where it makes you more money in the long run. Right. That's why a jam is probably better because I think those. I think the percentage she calls you on a value bet and the percentage she calls you on a jam is actually probably a lot closer than you think, given what we just, you know, give it what you think in the moment, in, yeah. you know, because I know it's hard when, you know, in, in the moment to figure that out. But I think in the, when, if you step back, she, given the reasons Danny and Sean just said, I think she does call your jam a decent percentage of the time, which makes it profitable. Enough to make it a more profitable play. Exactly. Exactly. Even if it, yeah. even if she calls your, your value 60, she probably will call you less, but I mean, it's enough to yes. make it profitable. Right. She calls That's your what value you have to remember bet. is what over the long term is going to show a bigger right. chip game. Yeah. Calls, yeah. That's a really good point. She calls your value, you know, say 40% of the time, 60% of the time, but she calls your, your jam 40% of the time. Well, you just made a lot more money by jamming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yep, that makes sense for sure. And um, right, it does. So she she like I said, she ends up folding, and she says she has ace. She had ace king. So with that in mind, I don't know if there were spots. I, I mean, I don't know if that makes my river play any better or worse. I mean, I'm, I was actually a little bit shocked that she folded ace king. I doubt she ever had ace king. She said she had ace king. She's trying, yeah. trying to save face, probably. Yeah, possibly. All right, cool. Good feedback. Um, I guess we have one more hand here from uh, from you, Danny. So let's jump into that one. Yeah, it was uh, in the 350. You guys were all leaving that day. Um, I had 60k plus starting the hand at 612, 600, 1200. Um, I guess average was around low 30k ish at this point. Um, level 17 or 18, I, I can't remember exactly. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, I had a nice stack, like double average. I just got moved to a new table. So I pick up queen jack off. I want to get, get it going right away. Opening a lot of hands, um, to get my image set up. That's just my style. Um, when I do have chips and open queen jack off from EP, I think I might've been undergone plus two. Um, just open to the min raise. That's what I do. And big blind flats, and he has about the same stack as me, uh, just maybe a little tiny bit more. Um, so the flop comes, he just flats. Flop comes queen jack, queen jack x. I think it was like queen jack four maybe. Um, not suited, so I flop top two. Mm-hmm. Um, he checks. I see bet the min. Not a, not Is the min. Not the min bet. Sorry. Uh, 2400 what I opened to is what I meant. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were saying <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. Yeah, so I bet the same thing I opened to. Um, okay. And he flats. Next card is a nine. So I still have top two. Um, I don't, I still don't think there was a flush draw out there. Um, so he checks. I bet 5900 
I obviously still have to continue because in case the 10 or, you know, um, it is getting more draw heavy now. I think you should um, just min bet again. Cool. cool man. <laughs> like the lady in Derek's hand. But I, I still I still think I'm going to get value from any jack, any queen, etc. So I want to keep building the pot. Don't really think I'm beat here very often. Um, so he t- goes into the tank after he check after he checks on my bet. Continue. Um, and he goes out. He, he asked me what the bet was, and he puts a 20k stack out there with the same bet I had. So he's 5xing my double barrel. Check wow. check raising to 5x. So I've Jeez. either got I have two options here. It's either shove or fold. I can't call because I'm pretty much committed to yeah. call whatever the river is. Um, so I've got to make a decision right then and there. So, I mean, what exactly can you put them on here? Yeah. Uh, a set of fours, uh, queen ten maybe, and just committing himself with a, a open ender and top pair. Uh, maybe the same thing with jack ten. Maybe he has jack nine, queen nine, um, <laughs> that he's betting to check raising to that sizing. You know, it really confused me. Anyway, uh, what do you think about that? That's a tough spot. I mean, I, I'm not the expert here, obviously, but I feel like he wouldn't uh, check raise quite as big with a set. Right. I wouldn't think. I, I'm unless it brought some kind of like crazy combo draw or something. But like, even a small uh, check raise is pretty strong here. Like any check raise in this spot from this kind of guy. I think gonna, he probably well, has a big hand here, and he wants to make it look like he has a pair and a draw. Right, that, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That could be. That's that's what it feels like to me anyways, because mm-hmm. he knows that you're thinking and competent, and so he's trying to... Well, how does you. he know that Danny's thinking and competent? Because I have a patch on. And he just playing? got to move to the table, right? So it's not like Danny's... Yeah, I played like, like three hands. Right. Right. But the patch certainly could be a factor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. Maybe. No, probably so why do you put him on, Sean? I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I just feel like his sizing is making, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably leveling myself here. But it, to me, it makes it seem like, I mean, I definitely think you have a set of fours here. Well, like, so, yeah. so pre, so he just called you pre with, okay, the, let's what, what do fours do? Calls you pre, then check calls you on the flop, right? Mm-hmm. Which fours would probably do. Mm-hmm. Or would fours from this guy most like more likely no, if he puts me just, on a... He's just check-calling, because he wants them to go ahead and two-barrel yeah. the turn. Right. Yeah. And he's not I worried agree. He's not worried about a draw, so four's yeah. not worried about, you know, I mean, not the flush draw, for sure. Um, it's not there. And then, but why so big with fours, is the question. Is is he capable of leveling Danny <laughs> this way? With no info. With no Unless no he knows who I am, but, you know, some right. folk. How much do you have behind after you bet the five? I started the hand with like it? sixty. I'm gonna say like sixty-two, sixty-three. So I opened twenty-four, C bet twenty-four, uh, and double barrel to fifty-nine. So that's like twelve k. Uh, so I have like still have almost fifty k. And he so he makes it twenty-five. He check raises the twenty-five-nine. Like he he's not. He's really not. He's not giving you any room yeah. to tool out. That's for right. sure. Like that's what makes it right. weird. It's like that's what I, I mean. 
I think top pair and a and a and a, and a draw. You you've made it. Your bet is small enough for him to just call and, and see the river and take the lower variance approach as opposed to um, to build a gigantic pot with you know with good equity but not the nuts. Right. So I think, given I think that, or a huge hand. Right. Given give exact. That's exactly it. I think I think the price that you gave him is 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 perfect for him to see another card on the river with you know the hand that you want that you're beating. So right. it's it's air or 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 a set in my opinion. See, I disagree. I think it's I think it's a hand that he's willing to now get it in with, but it, but I think he probably wants. But why would he get it? In, why would he get it in for? Uh, what did you say? Was two hundred big blinds? What did you have? Seventy big blinds. Sixty, sixty each, really, roughly. Sixty big lines each. Okay, sixty mm-hmm. big lines each. So why would he, like, he, he? Danny made it cheap enough to get to, to see another card. Like, and why would he take such a huge high variance line without a with one pair? With one pair. What if he turns two pair though? Jack nine, queen nine. That's definitely possible. Now he's doing yeah. it for value. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing why that makes would he it value five x. Why would he five x value? Why would because he, why he's would he... you know he could be scared of like he just might not know how to play the next card right and I mean what if the four pairs quest? the board or the ten comes or the king comes well and he's probably also thinking here well if I go ahead and five x it here I'm basically making it easy on myself to play and making him commit one way or the other and right. I just get it in if he has me beat he has me beat and also my bets look kind of like I'm just double barreling I could be just like trying to get him off the hand. Uh, Whereas if he, like, 2.8Xs you, then you decide to ship over top of him. He's got a tough decision to make. This way, he's already made his decision right. at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I similar question, like, wh- why does he 5X with air? Why, like, why does he just 3X, and if you don't, you know, and if you shove, he can fold? Like, why why put 25K mm-hmm. in? Yeah, I think that's in, in, a, in a spot where you're either going with your hand or you're not. Right. So, I don't know. It never feels like air to me. Yeah, and, and it seems too big to be a monster. It's it was one of the weirdest thing yeah. like decisions I ever had to make in live poker. I think <laughs> for a key pot, you know, um, I shipped. He snapped calls ten eight off. Oh wow! Oh, wow. <laughs> wow! I mean, that's yeah. definitely possible as well. Yeah. yeah. Why so big? Is it a level? Like it, it, I think it's a level. Yeah, like I said yeah. initially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the hands with showdown value that want to get to the just river are just going to check call. So, and I think Derek made a good point for why it's not air, because mm-hmm. so, it's just too big of a. It's like why bet. I think so it's much ever there. queen ten, jack ten, jack nine, queen nine. I think it has to no. be all those hands sometimes, does it not? So I think he just calls. I, I think live they just call with a hand like that. Even their two bare hands. No, I don't think they call with two. I don't bare think hands. they call with their two bare hands. Yeah, because they want to build pods those, at those, that point. What you just said, wasn't that pair plus a draw? Or did I just... The queen 10. Queen 10 is an open-ender with top pair. Jack right, right. Queen, queen 10, nine, I think he pair. just calls. Yeah, so two pair is more in, is definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Two pair, given what you... Yeah, I, I could see him playing two pair like that. And he might have wanted to bluff a pro. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So did he, did he flop it? Open no, ender? he flopped the gut shot. The lower, the lower end of the gutter. And he peeled, yeah. he peeled the flop. Yep. Which is fine by him, I mean, but why is he flatting 10-8 off to just me out of position? I, I don't know. Right. Like, I get yeah. it if he thinks the flop, blah, blah, blah. But, like, still, in long term, that's absolutely terrible. Yeah, you you want him flatting there, but yeah, it's right. worked against you this time. Mm-hmm. 
It's one of those. But just his sizing, like, he pretty much has the knots, you know. Yeah. Right. And I'm not getting it in there with aces, I don't think. Yeah. Aces and kings with the gutter, uh, still probably not. Like I think he has to have, like, thing. huh? King-queen's kind of the same. You you go broke there with a set of top set, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Dan, let me, yeah. let me ask you. 100%. I don't like, think I want to get in the mood of folding sets very often. So top pair is al- uh, top two is almost the same thing. I think the only set he can have is fours. Yeah. Right. So you still have, you know, you still have four outs. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's always a weird situation. Like, that's just, you know, weird. He could, um, have, could have nines. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, he can have nines. He, he doesn't want to three bet enough to play the whole hand out of position and play a right. guessing game. So, he can so Danny, could you walk us through just like sort of your thought process? Like, how did you analyze the situation? Like, because with with the you know the, the pressure and all the you know having to figure out, like what 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 do you how do you start thinking about narrowing down his range here? What, what was going through your mind during this time? I think a set of fours. Like, do you say to yourself, okay, let me think here what, what his hand, what, what, like, do you go back and trace every step, like, from the beginning, or have you already sort of done that, you know, as each street developed? Yeah, um, like I said, it's like the, it's the weirdest, it was the weirdest check raise of, I've ever seen, like, with my hand. I, I, I just couldn't fathom folding it. I, 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 I can't imagine someone check raising the five X with the nuts. Right. My initial thought was that he may have like, you know, he might have sixes or sevens here where I bet so small on the flop he can call with um, any pair. Really, he probably calls a C bet with there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had to continue in case it was eight nine or um, nine ten, um, some king tens in there. Obviously, eight ten was in there. <laughs> um, we, we can now add eight ten to the add eight ten off, you know. <laughs> and yeah, just he seemed like a like a confident player. He had loads of chips, um, so I think like he he's still flatting like queen nine suited and jack nine suited in there too. Um, I mean, he could even have the same hand as me, and he probably plays it the same way. Yeah. Um, True. I, just, um, I, I really just that raise amount just leveled me. I guess I. I, so I how couldn't. How, why did you bet? Why did you bet twenty four hundred on the turn? Just curious of that sizing because I think I, uh, I think fifty nine hundred on the turn. Oh, 59. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's different. I, for some yeah. reason I thought you bet twenty four again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he still with one one pair and a draw, he still just calls there for mm-hmm. that. But okay, never mind. My question's not relevant. <laughs> I was like, why did mm-hmm. you bet so little on the turn? <laughs> right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. But. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't think I fold either, but what do I know? Casey told me after, he was like, I played with the guy yesterday, and uh, I knew exactly what he had. Wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I wonder if it was the guy that was pl- sitting on my right, or in between me and Casey the whole day. I'm not sure. Because that would have been made it different. Is that right? Yeah. Very oh. frustrating, though. Like, I had loads of chips. I was playing fantastic, and then yeah. that spot comes up, and I mean, what... <laughs> Do you think he ever plays aces or kings that way, too? If it's that guy, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I guess that comes down to reads. Mm-hmm. I mean, not many people flat aces and kings live. It seems like. Well, one one guy, uh, if it just gets to him, like yeah. I'm not probably like opening a wide range of hands. They're like, does he think I'm gonna get cute against that out of position three bet? Like as soon as I get moved to a table, he might right. he might be flatting those and planning on a check raise on the turn if it's like kind of a blank like the nine's not exactly a blank but you know i don't know i don't think aces or kings like is thrilled to get it in now if, like all the chips go in like aces and kings against that board right too facing exciting. two pair but does lot. he make it that sizing because he's just over it and committing himself like oh i have aces I, or kings. i think he would have done if that's his profile i think he would have done that on the flop right okay yeah. Yeah, but you can't do that on the flop because the stacks are so much deeper. Well, but he would have check-raised in the flop. If he's going to do some crazy check-raise, I think he would have done it on the flop rather than let Danny get another draw card. Mm-hmm. If he's playing, I'm not saying he's doing it right, but if he's like this guy who does plays aces and kings this tricky, weird way, right? why why, why wait till the turn to do it? Yeah, definitely. Right. Just, you know, I'm just asking, you know, it's just yeah. interesting to... Yeah. So was Casey's opinion fold the turn? Yeah. Casey had a read though. That's the thing. Casey had a yeah, read. Right. He had a read. So yeah, he I was, I was just curious if, if if that's what he said. It's pretty hard to fold in that spot. Yep. Yeah. The sizing got me. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, so you're saying if could he could have pot controlled in a way, I don't. I wouldn't have gone broke if he only made it. Like, I think I would have flatted, and <laughs> the river was a king. So you might have been. You can get oh, away from it then. Right. So like, if he check raises and I just flat, and the and the river comes a king, I can just fold. I mean, I guess you can make an argument just for flooding the turn. No, you uh, can't. No, you can't. Not a chance. It's, not, that it's you're ever, not that you're ever folding the river, but if he does have error, which I know he doesn't very often, you give him a chance to bluff the river again. That's my only reasoning. You know, I think this hand and then Derek's hand is like a good example of there's still a lot of this game to be figured out about bet sizing. Mm-hmm. Because like we, you know, there's a lot in terms of, you know, pre-flop and, you know, c-betting, and there's a lot of theory, a lot of theory that becomes standard, but, like, there still seems to be a lot of it around bet sizing where you can manipulate players a lot more than you right. can other concepts, which is an interesting thing to start thinking about. Yeah. Because yeah. you just no, got Danny. Definitely. You just got Danny to put it all in, you know, like, and he can read the situation as good as anyone, and, and that, <laughs> that, that, that bet size just completely, like, like it's 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 an area where there's not a where you can do things that confuse the shit out of people mm-hmm. <laughs> more so than yeah. any other area. Sure, and almost readless too. I mean, right, right. It was a great right. play by him. The the sizing, you know, right. that's pretty much the only way he gets my stack. Right. Yeah. I mean, interesting. Yeah, definitely a good hand to talk about though. Uh, yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, all right. Um, I guess with that, let's let's wrap up the strategy segment. Uh, so thanks to uh, to Danny and Sean yes, guys, yep. for joining us. All right, fellas. Thanks make sure, for guys, make sure you guys listen to the end for uh, Danny's introductions. <laughs> oh wow! All right. Yeah, I'm gonna have to lop those on. Now, now it's safe to bring your plants back out. <laughs> yeah. Either way, besides poker, it was a great time in AC. Yeah, absolutely it was. Thanks for coming out, yeah. Danny. Danny, sure. Danny, yep. took, it was a bit of a hike for Danny, so thanks for making that trip, man. Yeah. Really appreciate it. The yeah. Disney World of Canada made it all the way down. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and then uh, we'll come back here and wrap it up on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. The Rocky Mountain Board of Bass and Down on Bird. 
and great rivers I am told. This France waiting dog to sovereign Britain and fortune bay. And even now to St. John's they party night and day. Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Special thanks to Cougars and Danny and 13 for joining us today. Uh, I know they're probably still recovering from a long week in Atlantic City, yeah. so appreciate them taking some time out of their busy schedule. Yep, good stuff. I think uh, that was fun. You know, we always like to try to think about what, what we covered there. And um, have we? I guess we've done a couple of pure live podcasts, but that one was really pure situational live play like there was nothing that nothing that couldn't compare or take that and say this is exactly like i would do it online because it had to do with like i guess the 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 stack to pot ratio which is a lot different online and and live and just the type of player which would that live player prototype really came out in all those hands yeah i think one thing that made it sort of especially interesting is the fact that danny and Sean were both around for those hands. Yeah, that helps play. a lot. They got to see the table. So, yeah. That's yeah, they could actually see the dynamic and they could they you know, they knew who the players were that you were talking about right. and um, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Show it shows the importance of really paying attention to your tables and getting well, those live. That is the huge that's the big that's the big thing there. Like in all those hands we everything was related to that person's profile, like what we knew about them and how we what we observed or, or didn't observe at right. that point and what we you know, our decisions were based on that, you know. Um you know, as we said with the ace queen hand, when Sean sort of narrowed it down to distilled what I was really struggling with there was that, you know, everyone else was a very easy decision for me, except for I I, I could the only person that I could have induced something from, uh, I I you know I closed that option off to them, and right. and th- that's the thing that I regretted and why I didn't you know why I regretted the way I played that hand. But once again, it came down to that live read and. And my understanding of that player, yeah, and you, and I think you made the move pretty quick yeah, too, and I think I it goes to show that you kind of need to take your time, especially in those crucial situations. Like, it, there's nothing wrong with taking. I mean, don't take as long as some of these guys take at the tables, but um, you know, taking twenty, thirty seconds to think about a move is not going to kill anybody. Well, it also has to do with what I, um, the mistake I made in the queen ten hand, where I see bet because I would always see bet, you know, right, like. I had jammed like probably the hand before or two hands before, and four of the five got four of the nine guys there or five of the nine guys there were at my table before where I was jamming every other hand anyway. So like yeah. I, you know, I was just continuing a similar pattern. But you know, th- these guys really they don't pick up on deviances to your normal, you know, your no- normal play. They don't they don't think about balance. You don't you shouldn't be you don't have to think about balancing. You just have to like in every case way more than online. Um, just do what's the best in that particular spot, and don't worry about your balancing your right. your, your hand. Which, yep. Yeah, I think that was one thing Danny was saying, and I think he makes a really good point about that. Um, I mean, these guys have pretty short memories, and 
if they were even thinking about it. I mean, they, if they weren't in the hand, they probably weren't paying attention anyway. Right. And like you said, one, one guy was playing uh, Words with Friends or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> angry, angry Birds during hands. So right. Shows you, and he was one of the competent yeah, players. Yeah, well, he, you know, that he clearly had done this a bunch of times before and knew that, you know, was not like, you know, you had the ESPN guy who was like, you know, deeply involved in every decision. And like, this right. is like, this is like a big deal to him. And that guy didn't really care. Wasn't right. well, he knew that there was still you know a lot to go and and whatnot. But I think the one thing I learned specifically, like, I mean, I picked up my aggression, you know, bubble more than I ever had in a live tournament in that tournament, and I saw the the effect of it. It's like if they're gonna let you do it, just keep doing it, right? right. And you can't be afraid to start doing it to test that out. Yeah, it's the only way you're gonna find out if they'll let you. Yeah, exactly. Really, exactly. So, and of course, I mean, it helps when you have. Like you said, three times yeah, what like, the, the, the second place guy has. Like, yeah, it gives you some comfort room. You know to, what it is? But the difference is that I, in, in, I'm not, it hasn't been like this in a long time, but in the past, before I think I became more enlightened on poker, I'd probably be, and there's still a little bit of this left, but like for one of the first times since I've become more enlightened on poker and, and really studied it, and, and you know, this still happens from time to time, but what what really I think I, I progressed in is not being afraid to lose a big stack because that's kind of like what have stopped me in the past from playing so aggressively on the bubble is, well, what if I, you know, I, I, I shove into these people and someone wakes up with nines or tens or jacks and, and, and calls me and then I lose a big flip and now I have, you know, it, it, 15 big blinds instead of 28 big blinds, or something, which is a big stack at right. the time, right? But like that, that kind of thinking leads you to start, you know, not make the right moves and, and, and not play well. Now you have to, you know, you don't want to take reckless gambles, but like not, not being afraid to lose the big stack would eventually drip away the stack. And I think that's one of the things I was able to sort of overcome um, and why that was a fun tournament to play. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was definitely good times. Yep. Congrats, good, by the good way. Stuff. Yep. Cool. Well, let's, um, I guess let's go over what, uh, what's happening over at Tournament Poker Edge this week. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that is going on is the return of Bourbon for the win. Um, yeah, FTW. Yeah, so he hadn't played much since Black Friday, um, so we kind of lost a little touch with him. But, um, you know, I, just, I was just going back over some of our old videos, and he really, for a one-shot series um, that he did, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, he really had a lot of positive feedback. So we, uh, we invite him to come back and do another series. And so he's going to do a couple things, um, you know, one more regularly contribute, but to start, he's doing a hand history review from one of our members and we have him also doing, and this is, this is awesome. He's doing a theory video on aggression. <laughs> so yeah, pretty good guy. To yeah, do exactly. He's got a reputation for being a super aggressive guy. Um, so he has, you know, and it's not, the thing about it is it's not just like reckless aggression. The guy's very thoughtful and has a lot of, you know, a lot, lot of lot of reasoning for the way he plays, and so he's going to put together a theory video on p- be playing aggressive poker. Um, so that yeah. should be out in the next couple of weeks. So um, that's the major thing at the site. Um, we wound down the big mega series between um, Big Dog Pocket Fives and Ben Warrington when they were at the same table. So that has come to an end, and that was uh, pretty cool. Um, a lot of great feedback on that. Uh, T Twist is doing a micro stake series, which is running right now. So we had some requests to do do a little bit more um, micro stake videos. And so we, you know, serve those up right away. Um, and Danny, who you just heard his T uh, coop main event live sweat um, just ended. And yeah. there's a bonus video for members in the forum on Danny. <laughs> I had, I had, I had to, uh, 
I had to censor his bust out hand for public <laughs> consumption, just in case there's any little kids watching, <laughs> um, or people watching at work. People watching at work, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's one of the best bust outs I've ever heard, so I put it in the forum for anyone who wants to and label it not safe for work. Yeah, that was funny. Um, so that is going on. A um, couple of articles from Daryl Jace, um, and uh, and some those videos we talked about. So. Primarily, what's going on at the site? Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that, I guess we'll wrap it up. Thanks again to Sean and Danny, and thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you here next time on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. See you. Love